Good morning. Good morning. Hallelujah. It's good to see everybody. It's so weird how everybody does. This side has been so full for, for, for like three years I've been here. Now all of a sudden they're all over here. Well, I know the worship team moves over here because they go down like that. So, but that's okay. It's just funny to me. Y'all good people too. I'm just saying. <laughs> hey, uh, don't forget that uh, Saturday, the 14th, uh, we vote in the city of Marksville, correct? 15th, I'm sorry. Yeah, 14th is something else I have to announce. I'm getting confused. But yeah, so there, there's, a, there's a vote in the city of Marksville. So, okay, I'm not going to go any more on that. I don't want to play politics on all that. Y'all don't want my opinion. Grab your bulletin, though, though. I do have some exciting things we've got to go over this morning. Mm-hmm. Hopefully I get it all right. Don't forget, guys, this Friday and Saturday, that's the evening of the 14th, afternoon, evening, and all day Saturday, it's the Sons of Issachar, a man for the season. Uh, a friend of mine sent me this last week on Monday, so that's why I started putting it out. But it's going to be down in uh, the Eunice area. And uh, what it is, we've got 10 different speakers coming in on Saturday, and, and they're men of God. But like you've got a judge, you've got a chief of police, you've got a retired businessman, you've got preachers. Uh, the head coach for UL Baseball is going to be there. The head coach for U, uh, LSU Eunice uh, Basketball is going to be there. They're all men of God, and they're going to share their testimony about what God has done in their life. And it's just going to be times of worship testimonies so friday night we're gonna have to leave here at about four it looks like but if you want to go i got a sign up sheet out there because i got to let them know how many because they're going to feed us dinner friday night breakfast lunch and dinner saturday hallelujah we're going to get to eat jesus uh so i just need to know how many so that i can contact him monday you know time frame uh to let him know how many we have coming um but it's it's open to to, to adults, as far as I'm aware, we're not bringing any, anybody under 18 at this point because of uh, we're not sure exactly what they're going to discuss. Uh, so this is, it's been coined a men's uh, group, but um, if you want to go sign up, if you don't know if you can get off and you need to wait till tomorrow, come see me so I'll hold off until I talk to you because I want you to go, okay? I want all the men to go. We need to go to this and let God speak to us, okay? The other side. Life's healing choices. Look what it says right here. Freedom from hurts, habits, and hang-ups. It's a, it's a book study that's going to happen. It's going to happen here at the church. Uh, it's a one-hour class for nine weeks. One hour for nine weeks, okay? The books are $25. Uh, hopefully by next week we can, we can get all this finalized. And uh, what it is is we've got a class for women. We've got a class for men. I know right now the class is going to be on Monday evening. I think it's 6.30 is when they generally meet. Uh, we're going to verify the timing on that. But listen, this is not about addictions. It's about hurts, habits, and hang-ups. Because look at this. Life happens. Anybody have life happen to them? Okay. <laughs> Happiness and healing are yours for the choosing. We've all been hurt by other people. We've hurt ourselves, and we've hurt others. And as a result, every single one of us ends up with some sort of hurt, a hang-up, or a habit. But the question we all face is, where do we go from here? And that's what this class is about, helping us deal with what's been done to us, we did to somebody else, what we saw, whatever it is, hurts, habits, and hang-ups. And everybody I know that have taken, gone through this book study has said it is just powerful. It makes you deal with things in your life. There are going to be small groups of about five, uh, six in a group, 
And it's a one-hour class. And again, there's, there's book work. But here's what I keep stressing, and it's highlighted in here. It's a nine-week class. If you don't think you can make all nine of those, don't sign up and say, oh, well, I'm going to miss two or three of them because you're not going to be able to attend. This is, this is serious, right? We're going to take discipleship serious. I want to change my life. I want to be discipled. This is going to help, and I'm going to commit. Yes, ma'am. You can. We can buy, you can buy the books as well. And, and after we get through this first session of it, we're going to try to do them on different times. We're trying to build our leaders right now that are going to help us. So there's a sign-up sheet out there for men and women, okay? So make sure you sign up because we want you to be a part of this because we really do think it's going to help change your life, really. It doesn't matter how long you've been serving the Lord or how much you think you got everything together. There's always things we can help with, amen? So, whew, all right. Did anybody have a good time Wednesday night? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you weren't here, um, you just missed it. I'm sorry. It's hard to explain, I guess we could say. Uh, yeah, man, the presence of God just, just settled in. And, and I, I left those flags right where I put them Wednesday night. Told the cleaning crew not to even move them. Because we're going to enter straight back into worship this morning where we left off at. Because he's still here. And he wants to be worshipped and we want to worship. And so, you know, we're going we're gonna to see that this morning. We're going to press through the, the, the clouds and all the things that are trying to stop us from worshiping, all the things in our life that, that are holding us back, the walls. And we're going to enter into worship, and we're going to love him. And then I have a word I believe is from the Lord on, on dealing with things that we're dealing with today. Um, it may be a series. I don't know how that's going to work. I'm not good on series. Uh, we'll see what happens, though. But uh, So we're just going to have a great time. But that Wednesday was, was, was another one of those crazies. <laughs> it's, hard to, it's hard to describe them, you know? It, right, it should be normal, you know? And I was sharing with some people, you know, what, what is revival? Guys, we're seeing revival. Every time we come to church, the presence of God, things are changing in our homes. There's things going on all over the place. This COVID has not stopped us. Have you seen the, the post I put on Facebook the other day about, about the worship in Walmart? Was it Pennsylvania? They won't let the church get together, so they all went to Walmart because they can go there, and they're sitting there taking up a bunch of the store. Uh, I think one was in Pennsylvania. California, they're worshiping on the beach. Thousands of believers on the beach, and they were baptizing people as they were getting saved. Can I tell you, if you want to be baptized, you need to come see me because we're fixing to fill the tank up because I have some people already that want to be baptized. If you want to be water baptized, you need to come see me because we're going to be doing that very soon within the next few weeks. God is moving. People are getting saved. People are getting changed. You know why? Because they're tired of the normal. They're tired of the normal. They want what God has for them. They want the presence. And a lot of churches are not even fighting for that anymore. They're just coming together to satisfy a day of the week. And that's not who we are. It's not who we are. So, listen, God is amazing. I want us to just look for a moment at, at how faithful he is to us, right? I, I'm not going to have you turn there, but I, I just want to. Has God ever supplied a need that you had? Yeah. I, I can go through the Bible through, from the Old Testament to the New and show you scriptures on how faithful he is. And that's why in that song we don't sing the word yet because it's not possible. God hasn't failed me yet? No. There's no yet. Right? Since, since I got saved, I committed myself that I'm going to be a tither and a giver. Me and my household, we make our living on our giving. Always have. 
If it won't meet my need, it must be a seed, so I plant it. And God has never let us down. But over 20 years, I didn't grow up in church. Y'all know that. I got saved, and we made some commitments, and we said, God, I know what your word says. As I began to study it, and we committed to it, and we said, we're going to do this. So listen, I want to thank everybody that has continued to, to give as God has prospered you. Because we only give when God prospers us, right? If you don't make any money this week, do you have a tithe? No, you don't, because you had no increase. But if God spoke to you and said, I want you to sow a seed, that's an offering. So we need, to, we need to focus on what he's doing and pay attention because there's been many times through the years that I didn't have a tithe because I didn't have any money that week, but God said, hey, I want you to sow $20 into this. I want you to give $100 into this. Wendy used to sit there and I'd say, baby, I need the checkbook during offering time. Nope. <laughs> She'd just look at me. Baby, God's saying something. Okay. If we weren't in agreement with it, then we didn't do it. We had to be in agreement with it, and it stretched us. So I'm telling you that to tell you this. God wants to get things to you, but if he's not going to get it through you, he's not going to bring it to you because he's not doing that so you can build up a massive bank account and hoard it. We don't hoard anything. I make my living on my giving. Amen. So this morning as we give, I want you to think about it. What is your need in your life? I have done this so many times through the years, right? When I had nothing, I'd grab my wallet out and I'd say, wallet, you're going to grow. Grab my checkbook. God, you said that you own the cattle on a thousand hills. Can you sell a couple cows? I need, I need, I've got some needs. Right? You said if I give, it shall be given. Well, I've given and I've got nothing. I speak to my finances. I speak to it, but I also purpose it. I also purpose it. So I just want to, I'm teaching you that this morning because I feel that there's, there's some people that need to hear that. Don't be afraid of, of society. I heard something yesterday and I thought it was totally amazing. The S&P 500 is, is uh, broke 14 records here lately. No, no, we're in a recession right now because of COVID. The economy is terrible. No. The Dow Jones is almost fixing to hit another record high. And I'm like, how is that possible? We've got a coin shortage, and nobody's working. I don't know how it's possible other than but God. But God. I don't trust in any of those things. I trust in God. He is the final authority on everything in my life and in your life. So I want us to pray this morning. And listen, if you have lack in your life, I want you to grab your wallet, grab your checkbook, and we're going to speak to it. We're going to speak to that ground, that it's going to be fertile and it's going to grow. If, if you need a better job, we're going to speak to it. Why? Because we have the authority to do that. Ask and it shall be given. You have not because you ask not. Right? E either the principle is real or it's not. And if it's not real, that means the Bible's a liar. And I don't believe it's a liar. Even where it says the, the, it's correct to me. My pastor, you say that. I believe it from Genesis to the maps, even the maps that are wrong. So let's pray this morning. Father, we thank you as we come together as a, a family, your family, God. Lord, and we come right now to just give you this entire service. Lord, we dedicate this time to you. This is your house, your time. You're the one that creates the agenda. You're the one that creates the schedule. Lord, we pray right now that you would receive these tithes and offerings that we bring to you, Lord. We want to we wanna bless you, Father, as you have instructed us. We want to be obedient to you. Whew.
Lord, there are some here that, that have lack. Mm. And your word says, I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging for bread. Lord, I, I speak right now to their finances that they will have more than enough. They will have more than enough. Your word says that if we're a giver, that we shall give and it will be given unto us. Pressed down, shaken together, and run it over will men give to us. Let it flow right now. I release it, Father, by faith and by your word, by your spirit. Lord, I pray that you would receive these gifts that we bring today and multiply them here in the church and multiply them in the life of the believer. And as your word also says, you will rebuke the devourer for our sake. The sandals of the Hebrew children did not wear out while they were 40 years in the desert. Their sandals did not wear out. Lord, make our stuff last. Make our money stretch. Multiply whatever it has to be. And we thank you for doing that, Father. Well, Lord, we also thank you that you are in this place today. <laughs> and we want to worship you. We want to love you. We want to sing your praises, God, because... Just, we love you, Jesus. Come on, guys, let's stand up this morning. Come on. Listen, if you're going to give, we have the trays after church. You can give back there. Whew. I'm going to try to segue over to this. I don't know how it's going to happen, though. Listen, if you want to worship with flags this morning, get you a flag when you're done with it. Leave it on your chair. We'll, we'll make sure we disinfect it for you. Hallelujah. Come on, just raise your hands this morning. Jesus, I just want to stay right here a minute. Can we do that? Just come on. Wednesday night, we, we had what I just, I love when it happens. Everybody was up here at the altar. And man, you could just hear everybody. There was no words on the music. It was just piano. And everybody was worshiping and loving. But then you felt that presence that came in, that, that reverential presence. And everybody just, Kind of settle down. I always love it when that happens. Father, we worship you. We love you. You are amazing, God. You are amazing. Y'all ready, guys? Come on, let's worship. Come on, make some noise, clap yourself, come on, clap yourself.
Thank you.
Give him praise this morning. Come on, we can do better than that, church. Come on, you can't worship like that and be quiet. <laughs> Hallelujah. Come on, give somebody a spiritual hot five this morning. Tell them how much you love them. Jesus is in this place. Come on, y'all give it up for the worship team, too. some healing on my voice after all that. I don't know how y'all have voice left after all that. <laughs> Man, y'all want to know my evening, uh, my Sunday afternoon routine? I go home and I start taking hauls and I, I start drinking hot tea to try to get these things back. Because <laughs> if I don't, I'm like this. And then with all the viruses and everything, I try to make sure because that's one of those areas, you know. So, man, I, I drink a lot of spiced tea. My wife makes this homemade spiced tea she has. And, and uh, so, boy, I drink a lot of that and a lot of hogs. <laughs> Whew, Jesus. That's some good worship, though. I like that, man. That's, hallelujah. Yes, ma'am. Hey, come on. Okay. It was during worship. Uh, um before he even said something just now about the, do y'all know how blessed we are to have a music team like this? Amen. We had nothing for so long. Do y'all know how blessed we are? Boy, every church wishes they had this team. I tell you, I praise God and I thank y'all for thank y'all for what y'all do for for us and for listening to the Lord. Amen. Thank you. If y'all were only here during practice, you'd, you'd be laughing at us. We get into a song and we practice, we're practice. Somebody will be like, scrap it. If it don't flow easy during practice, it's gone. Like we, we actually pulled some today that we wanted to do, like So Will I. We played that. It just did not work this morning during practice. We're like, out. If it just don't flow and we're not even doing it because we want to we wanna honor God in all that we're doing and, and we want to. Just that's, you know, me and Cookie were actually having a conversation about that this morning, you know. I, I'm doing this in the spirit because I can't play guitar. But I'm doing this in for real life, you know. It, that's my worship up there. Because if I was out here, y'all know me, I'd be dancing anyway. So I'm dancing. That's, you know, Matt's back there. He was cramping up this morning worshiping God, you know, behind that drum. That's our worship. And we just want you guys to join in. We do. Because, man, we, we just, we love to worship. Jesus, and I know you do. Hallelujah. Hey, put that title screen up there for me. I, I want to talk to you about something today. Grab your Bible and open it up to the book of Joshua, chapter 7. Uh, I did not put any of that in the bulletin. Uh, yeah, just keep that one up for me. Losing focus. I'm going to read something to you. This is not in there, guys. Uh, this part is not in there. So just keep it right there for me. Um. I'm going to get this stand for a minute because I want to make sure I read it. I, I want to read to you what my devotional said the other day. And it's the story of Joshua chapter 7. Joshua chapter 7. Watch this. I'm going to read it to you. 
The scriptures are in there, but I want you to listen to the story of how my, my uh, devotional had it. All right, so listen to this. Watch this. That night, the world's largest backpacking group celebrated its victory. They had been eating manna, white stuff kind of like Wonder Bread that God had sent from heaven, and quail meat for 40 years. But this night, they grilled hot dogs over a blazing campfire, roasted marshmallows that even made s'mores. They were all beef hot dogs because you know they don't eat pork. They were kosher. They were on cloud nine, and so was their leader. God has been faithful, Josh reminded them. We're so close to the promised land that we'll be there tomorrow night. Everyone screamed and clapped, and a few guys in the back stuck their fingers in their mouths and whistled real loud. According to the map, Josh said, there's one more city that stands between us and the promised land. It's a peanut-sized city. In fact, we don't even need to send our entire army. I'll have our top fighters leave tomorrow morning to conquer it, and they'll be done in just a couple hours. The next morning, the top fighters left to conquer the city of Ai. But just before noon, a messenger came back to camp. He explained to Joshua that every man had been killed in the battle. He said, what? That can't be true. Ai is such a small city. The Bible tells us he was so distraught, he threw himself on the ground, tore his clothes, and cried out to his heavenly Father. And I imagine the prayer went something like this. God, I don't understand. You've been so faithful unto now. You've split the Jordan River, parted the Red Sea, gave us water from rocks, turned snake into a stick, led us with a pillar of light in the darkness, gave us bread from heaven and quail meat, and you just gave us victory over a city six times our size. Now that we're this close to the promised land, you choose to walk away and leave us? Mm. How can this be? Why would you bring us this far to just tease us? I don't understand. Are you going to leave us out here to die? God listened to Joshua's prayer, and he also responded. Can I tell you, you don't pray like that unless you're willing to hear what comes next? In fact, his response was such a classic that Josh memorized it, and then he wrote it down. I cannot honor a group of people who choose to compromise. You can put that second slide up there now. I cannot honor a group of people who choose to compromise. I want to talk today about losing focus and how when we begin to lose focus, we will compromise. I I wrote down a, a question here. How did they let compromise in when they had been following God for 40 years? God supplied everything they needed. He was there for them. How did they compromise? When they just finished some very serious battles. And that's what I want to talk about today. Joshua chapter 7 is where all this comes from. Joshua chapter 7 verse 2 to verse 9 is where that story is. That's what I just read to you. I want you to, when you go home, I want you to read it. And I want you to to look at the fact that how that, that conversation went. But I do want to read a couple of the verses, so you may have to jump through on that, guys, to look. Uh, Well, let's just read it. We'll just read it. Go ahead. Joshua chapter 7, verse 2. Now Joshua sent men from Jericho to Ai, where is near Beth-Avon, 
to the edge of Bethel and told him, go up and spy out the region. So the men went up and spied out Ai. When they returned to Joshua, they said, not all the army will have to go up against Ai. Send two or 3,000 men to take it or do not weary the whole army. For only a few people live there. So about 3,000 went up, but they were routed by the men of Ai, who killed about 36 of them. They chased the Israelites from the city gates as far, look at this, as the stone quarries and struck them down on the slopes. At this, the hearts of the people melted in fear and became like water. Listen to Joshua's prayer in the word. Then Joshua tore his clothes, fell face down on the ground before the ark of the Lord. Remaining there till evening, the elders of Israel did the same, sprinkled dust on their heads. Verse 7. And Joshua said, Alas, sovereign God, why did you even bring the people across to Jordan to deliver us into the hands of the Amorites to destroy us? If only we had been content to stay on the other side. Look at that prayer. To the mighty man of valor that was leading them to victory and all the other things. But then he, he becomes polite right here. Verse 8. Pardon your servant, Lord. What can I say now that Israel has been routed by its enemies? But look at 9. The Canaanites and the other people of the country will hear about this, and they will surround us and wipe out our name from the earth. What then will you do for your own great name? <laughs> you go back, and, and, I, and I'm challenging you, go back and read Joshua 1 through 6. We're going to hit a couple of these. And look at the difference of how he communicated with God <laughs> compared to this. Why did they lose the battle? They lost the focus. They lost focus. I, I'm going to share a couple things with you. Number one, the leader lost focus. Right? Look back up into verse 3. I'm going to show you this, and then we're going to really get to the part that, that I want us to look at. Verse 3, when they returned to Joshua, they said, not all the army will have to go up against Ai. Send two or 3,000 men to take it, and do not worry the whole army, for only a few live there. You know what number two is? The warriors lost focus. Look at verse 3. When they returned to Joshua, they said, not all the army will have to go up against Ai. Send two or 3,000 men to take it. Do not worry the whole army, for only a few people will live there. Wait a minute. That's the same, isn't it? It is. Because they all lost focus. They all lost focus. Joshua had generals serving with him, right? Mighty men of God serving around him. Not one of them spoke up and said, can we pray about it and see what God wants to do? Because he did kind of give us instructions before we went and took Jericho. They didn't. They said, oh, we got this. We got this. We got this. Can I tell you, that's how you begin to lose focus, is you start winning some pretty major battles, and then this itty-bitty tick starts biting you on your leg. Oh, I got that. Don't worry about it. He can stay right. He's going to hurt none until you get Lyme's disease from that little bitty thing when a whole army couldn't kill you. Listen, we cannot lose focus. We are in a war every day. It has nothing to do with COVID. It has the, the fact that our, 
our adversary, the devil, is out to kill, steal, and destroy. He wants to kill you as a believer in Jesus Christ. As a child of God, he does not like you. Sometimes he comes in with a full frontal force. Sometimes he comes in with a side. Sometimes he stands over the fence and just tosses rocks. He is smart. But the minute you let your guard down and say, that don't bother me. Go ahead. Come on. Take your best shot. When you close your eyes and do that, Mike Tyson walks up and just does one of his famous right hooks. And you wake up in heaven. <laughs> he may have bit that guy's ear off, but I still wouldn't want to get hit by him. They lost their focus. They started looking to their own wisdom because they had won some battles. How do you do that when you've got the Ark of the Covenant sitting there? <laughs> right? You, you've got the Ark of the Covenant that, that when they stepped into the water carrying it, the water moved. Can I tell you that's better than any Abram tank going up in, in the front? That's better than the seals or the rangers or anybody else going into a battle. If I was going to go up against any army in the world and I had a choice amongst the best weapons and warriors or the Ark of the Covenant, <laughs> that thing's going in front. But I think this day they left it in the camp because they felt like they had it on their own. Guys, Galatians 5.9 tells us this. A little leaven leavens the whole lump. A little bit of that starts affecting the whole thing. Compromise doesn't come all at one time. It's a little bitty compromises. You know, like if you take a child, right? If you, if you take a child, and, and they may grab one little piece of gum from the convenience store today. Next week, they may grab another one, but if they don't get caught, that little piece of gum becomes two. Then it's a Snickers bar. Then it's a Coca-Cola. And then it's a free ride to the sheriff's department. <laughs> you see, it doesn't start with one day. A guy doesn't walk into Walmart and decide he's going to walk out with a 70-inch TV. It, it, it starts one day. It's, it's compromise. It's, it's a little leaven. Leaven's the whole thing. It's when we as believers feel like we can handle it without him. 1 Peter 5, 8 and 9. I'm going to have this on the screen for you as well. 1 Peter 5, 8 and 9. Look at this. I, I'm just giving you a couple to kind of get you to see where we're going with this, and then we're going to really get into the meat of it. Look at 1 Peter 5, 8 and 9. Be alert and of sober what? Mind. Sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Not something, someone to devour. Resist him. Stand firm in the faith because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of struggles. If I give in one time, I'll give in twice. Can I tell you something I learned as a track runner? And I tried to always pass this on to the, the students that I train. If you will walk once in a race, you will walk twice. If you walk once, you will walk twice. Anybody that runs will tell you that. It's the first time is the hard one. The second one is not very difficult. And that's why I've always taught the kids, that, listen, if, if you're running 
and you're getting tired, just at least keep a slow jog. But the minute you do this, you're going to do it twice. Just keep a slow jog. Do not stop. And you know what? Tomorrow that jog will be further along than it was today until you can run the whole race. It's the same thing we're facing here. Here's where we're going to start getting into the compromise part of it. When you begin to lose focus, you'll start to try to justify away, explain away, complain away what happens when you fail. <laughs> you'll try to justify away, explain away, or even complain away. Didn't Joshua do all of those? To where he blamed God for the loss, but yet he never asked God what to do. I remember in my study Bible years ago, how did it word it? it was, I wish I could find it. It was dealing with praying about plans. Praying about plans. And it said, why do we pray to God to give us a great, or to bless our plan Instead of asking God to give us a plan that's already blessed. God, I got a plan how I'm going to do this. Bless my plan, God. Instead of saying, dear Lord, how would you have me to do this? Right? It's kind of like when I went to college for drafting. I was paying a lot of money for this two-year college. And yes, we drew on paper. And then we went to... AutoCAD, but it was in like version 7 back then. It's like a version 100 now or something. I don't know what it is. But anyways, they, they stopped counting. I'm learning from this guy, and we'd ask questions, and we had the book, and a good friend of my dad's was at a trade school there in, in the town where I lived, and I said, you know, back then they had that stigma of, you know, that was a second-rate education, you know. You had to go to a college. So one day Mr. Mike tells me, he says, Rich, why do you not want to come to my school? I said, man, I had this... I'm trying to be nice, you know. I'm trying to figure out how to tell him that, that this is just not, you guys are not as educated, you know. I'm trying. And he says, do you understand I'm one of the six guys that wrote the book that you're learning from? Huh? He says, yeah. That book is used in four states. I'm, I'm one of the six guys that wrote it. I changed schools next week. I wanted to learn from the guy that wrote the book. And can I tell you that I spent over a year in one school and probably only three or four months in that school before I joined the military. I learned more from that guy than I did the entire other time. And we went through half the book. Why? Because he understood it enough to teach it and to write the book. The other guy understood it enough to just kind of use it. Why don't we ask the Lord for the plans? Ask him for what's going on. If we flip back over to Joshua 7, 6, and 9, look at this. Whew, I may not get through all this today, but that's okay. Then Joshua tore his clothes and fell face down to the ground before the ark of the Lord, remaining there till evening. The elders of Israel did the same and sprinkled dust on their heads. See what happens that even the other leaders have fell into what he's doing now. They have all lost focus to the point that nobody's standing up and say, Hey! Hey! <laughs> right? Look what he's doing. 
Alas, sovereign Lord, why do you even bring the people across the Jordan to deliver us into the hands of the Amorites to destroy us? If only we had been content to stay on the other side of the Jordan. Pardon your servant, Lord. What can I say now that Israel has been routed by its enemies? And he goes on. Flip your Bible back over to Joshua 5, verse 13. Let me show you something. Joshua 5, 13. I'm going to have it on the screen for you. Look at the difference. Here he is telling him he's blaming God. He's telling God it ain't my fault. He's telling him all these things. It's your fault. Look at Joshua 5, 13, though. Now when Joshua was near Jericho, he looked up and saw a man standing in front of him with a drawn sword in his hand. Joshua went up to him and asked, are you for us or, against, or our enemies? Neither, he replied, but a commander of the army of the Lord, I have now come. Then Joshua fell face down to the ground in reverence, not in animosity, not in blame. What message does my Lord have for their servant? Commander of the Lord's army replied, take off your sandals for this place where you're standing is holy. And Joshua did so. Look at that, the difference. Once he had begun to compromise, once he knew that there was a mistake, once he knew that there was a mistake, it began to get to him. Now, what was the mistake? What caused all of this? What caused all of this? Turn over to Joshua 6. See, you're just going to be right there in this one little area for, for a little bit. I'm going to flip over in a minute. Joshua 6, verse 17. Let's look at what started all of this. Joshua 6, verse 17. They're talking about Jericho. Verse 17. The city and all that is in it are to be devoted to who? The Lord. Only Rahab and all who are with her in her house shall be spared because she hid the spies as they were sent. But keep away from the devoted things so that you will not bring about your own destruction by taking any of them. Otherwise, you will make the camp of Israel liable, look at this, to destruction and bring trouble on it. All the silver and gold and the articles of bronze and iron are sacred to the Lord and must go into the treasury. He was trying to make sure they didn't connect themselves to any of the evil that was in that city. They weren't allowed to bring the cattle. They weren't allowed to bring any of the things. How many times does the Lord tell us, stay away from these things? Can I tell you, there's some things the Lord has specifically told me you shall not do. He told me that. And at first I was like, well, everybody else gets to do that. Yeah, but he knows me. And he knows me well enough to know that that would be bad for me. Because that would lead to this, it would lead to this. He knows the road it would send me on. You see what I'm saying? He, he understands us. So if, if he's telling him don't take any of this stuff, he knows what will happen in the future. All we got to do is listen. Just listen. He didn't want them to, to, to be connected to evil things, but also when they took any of the gold, the silver, the bronze, they're now stealing because who does, who does it belong to? The Lord, it goes into his bank account, his treasury. It goes into his treasury. But because they didn't do that, one of the men stole. One of the guys, which maybe next week I'll talk about him. I'm not sure yet if I need to or not. He took a robe, silver and gold, 
and he hid it under his tent. And because of that, all those people lost their lives. All those people lost their lives. I don't want to go into all that part today. But what I want to show you is the fact that when you begin to compromise, you put yourself and others at risk. You put yourself and others at risk. You put your soul at risk. The most important thing you have is your soul, your spirit. You put that at risk. One day I want to be able to enjoy eternity with my Lord. And on top of that, I get to hang out with some other cool people that I like. Right? But it's all about being up with him. But here we are trying to fight battles when we're compromising our life. We're allowing things to come in that are wrong. We know things we're not supposed to watch on TV. We know things we're not supposed to indulge our eyes with. But we do it anyways. But it was just a little bit. Yeah. A little bit. We know it's dangerous. We know where it goes, but we start justifying it. And then when, when God is not able to do things in our life, what happens? We blame him. We blame him. I want you to turn over to Second Chronicles for a moment. It'll be on the screen for you as well. I, I'm going to show you a few things of how it's supposed to work so we can get out of the compromise. Second Chronicles 20, 15. This is what we need to practice. This is how we get past the compromise. When we begin to focus again on the Lord and all that he's doing, we will realize the things around us, the things that are good, bad, ugly, whatever they are. When we begin to focus on him and his word, we will find that there are things in our life we need to throw away. We need to discard ourselves from. There are friends that we don't need anymore. Can I, can I be honest with you? There are friends that you need to delete the number and block. Because all they're going to do is spurt out hatred. Can I tell you I've got numbers blocked in my phone? I've got numbers blocked in my phone from believers. So-called. I'm being honest. Because you know what I've told them? There is nothing in your life, according to this, that shows me there's any fruit of repentance. But you tell me you love Jesus. But there's nothing in here. There's no fruit of love. And then you text me or you, you, you send me things that tell me how mean I am and this and that and the other. Listen, I'm not listening to your junk. Cut them off. Because they're the ones going to bring the compromise into your life because you're going to sit there and think on them instead of thinking on him. Can I tell you, I can't hang out with friends that I did when I went to the clubs. Number one, we ain't got nothing in common. I've tried to connect with some of the guys from my military past that we were friends, but now we went to the clubs all the time. And we've chatted over the uh, internet and everything. I've got nothing in common with these guys. I'm like, I'm not even going to try. Because if I can't sit there and have a conversation about the Lord with you, you know, I, I've got friends and I'm working on. And a couple of them are already in church. we got to cut that mess off, man, because all it's going to do, it, it, even on Facebook, delete some people. They're not your friends, they're acquaintances. And they got too much drama. Drama, drama, drama. Get rid of it. 
get thee behind me, Satan. Just, just whew. You know, I do that. I block family members. I've got a cousin. I think, I don't know if she's a cousin or a niece. I really don't know. I, I, I don't remember. It's an extended family out there, you know. And I get tired of watching what she posts. So I was like, I'm done. <laughs> but then my aunt, or my cousin, my actual cousin, shares them like, Jesus. Let's look at Second Chronicles. That was a good rant right there. I don't know who that was for. That, was our, that wasn't in my notes. It's a totally different area. Second Chronicles 20. Did I hear somebody say that was for me? Somebody, don't, do, don't, don't, don't. Second Chronicles 20. Look at this. He said, listen, King Jehoshaphat, and all who live in Judah and Jerusalem, the Lord says to you, do not be afraid or discouraged because of the vast army. Look at this. For the battle is not yours, but God's. Look at the difference. There's a vast army coming against you. Don't worry about it. There's a pea-sized city. We can take them with just a couple thousand, and they lose. We got to read some more, though. I lost my place because I touched my screen. Tomorrow, march down against them. They will be climbing up the pass of Ziz, and you'll find them at the end of the gorge in the desert of Jerul. You will not have to fight this battle. Take up your positions, stand firm, and see the deliverance of the Lord. Look at this. The Lord will give you Judah and Jerusalem. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Go out to face them tomorrow, and the Lord will be with you. I'll fight those battles all day long. You mean I don't even have to pull my sword out? Nope. Just go sit there. That's the way it's supposed to be. If you're fighting battles and you're constantly fighting battles and, and you're getting beat up on all the time and you never see victory, there may be some compromise. Does that mean the battle is going to be easy? No. Listen, there are some times, man, I, I feel like I've done went five rounds with Tyson. And all I did was run for those whole five rounds. That's <laughs> what it feels like. But it's not supposed to always be like that. Because there was this other boxer that would just kind of lay back on the ropes every now and then, you know, and he'd pop out. That guy was good, just saying. Flip back over on Second Chronicles where you are. Go up to verse 1. I want to show you something. This is what they were facing, guys. And here it is God saying, don't worry about it. It's not yours, it's mine. Verse 1 of Chronicles 20, 2 Chronicles. After this, the Moabites and the Amorites with some of the Muonites came to wage war against Jehoshaphat. Some people came and told Jehoshaphat, a vast army is coming against you from Edom, from the other side of the Dead Sea. It is already in Hezion Tamar. Alarmed, Jehoshaphat resolved, look at this, to inquire of the Lord. And he proclaimed a fast for Judah. He didn't send spies out. He didn't say, well, generals, what did we do last time? He realized that this battle is not mine, and the only way we're going to win is him, through him. If we're not seeing victory, there may be a problem. I want you to flip to one more verse in the New Testament, Ephesians 6. I want you to look at this. Compromise slides in so easily. You know, there's a song about that. Uh, I'm trying to think who did it. Be careful what you hear, little ears. Careful what you hear, little ears. Yeah, remember that? It, it, it comes in little by little, casting crowns. And, and the beginning of the video, if I'm not mistaken, it's a gentleman 
doing something, and, and he ends, I think in the end, he ends up walking away from his family because of something small that grew, that grew, that grew. The enemy comes in very subtle sometimes, just small, small, small. And he'll start getting in there. Look at Ephesians 6, verse 10. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, and against the powers of the dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. When you think you've got the battle won without ever going and talking to the great general, you're not putting on armor. And when you come back wounded, you know what happens? A lot of times you end up wounding other people. Just, just think, think of the picture for a minute. Think of the picture. You've got a believer that allows compromise to get into their life. They start allowing themselves to do little things. Oh, well, God would be okay with it. Well, he understood I was weak in that one moment. Their heart moves from being a repentive heart to being, well, God, I can't believe you, you're making me go through this. I can't believe. I can't believe. But when they're talking to other people, they're justifying it. When they're talking to God, it's God's fault. And they continue to move that way until all of a sudden one day they're sitting in church. God is my healer. He ain't healed me. I've been praying for 20 years for this thing. He ain't never, how, how is he a healer? And that becomes a cancer. And we start wounding other people. See, we've got to get here. But if we're not careful, it becomes a cancer. And it starts hurting other people. And then it starts being a cancer of doubt in their life. And it continues to go. That's how dangerous compromise is. Compromise. Compromise. Sin. It's the same thing in the end. It'll take you further than you want to go, keep you there longer than you want to stay, and cost you way more than you wanted to pay. And therefore, the end of it is always death. Always death, guys. All he had to do was let the Lord speak to him. Because I, I, my opinion is this, because I, I really toiled with this and, and prayed about it. Because my question to the Lord was, why did Joshua not know? Why did Joshua not know, is the, it was the spiritual leader of Israel at this point, that he had a man in the camp with sin and his army was fixing to be destroyed? Why did he not know? Because he never even went to God to ask. He never went to him to even ask. Compromise had come in and it affected somebody, and here you have Joshua as the leader not going to the Lord saying, God, how are we going to fight this battle? If he would have done that, he would have said, don't fight that battle today. Let's deal with the issue. And as you read through Joshua chapter 7, you find out that God called them all out and they brought all the tribes up and the families and the groups and all this. And they went down and stoned the whole family. Thank God we have grace. <laughs> there wouldn't be as many people on the earth anymore if we still lived under that rule. But that doesn't mean we have the privilege or the right to compromise to affect my family. Because you know what? It would affect my family if I did that. It would, guys. So listen, I want to pray for us today. I want to pray for us today and ask the Lord to help us, number one, to identify any compromise 
that's in our life. Compromise that's in our life. Any area that we've been compromising, reveal it to us, right? Reveal compromise to us, Lord. If we don't know it's there, we can't deal with it. And can I tell you that generally we're pretty good at hiding that? But chances are somebody's already mentioned it to you. But they're not a man, a woman, a God. They don't see it the way I do. Just saying. Somebody's probably already told us about it. So, Micah, just put something on soft for me for a few minutes. I'm going to pray for us this morning. And, and I'm just going to ask you, if, if you want to come to the altar while I'm praying, please come. Because let me tell you this. Somebody may be sitting out there saying, I can't believe they're compromising their life. They've got more to deal with than you do. Just being honest. If anybody in this room judges you because you come up and say, I need to deal with some things, they've got more that needs to be dealt with than you do. <laughs> they should be sitting back there saying, God, just break whatever it is in my brother or sister. And they should be like, I don't know what they're dealing with, but I'm going to pray for them anyways. That's the family. That's the family of God. But guys, listen, before I start praying for that, I want to ask you a question. If, is there anybody here today? You, you've heard me talking through about, about God and about the different things from the Word. If you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, you're fighting a losing battle anyways. Without a relationship with Jesus Christ, you're already on the losing side. Your spirit is, your spirit is, is already compromised. So maybe you're here today and you say, Pastor Rich, I, I want to be right with God. I want to be right with Him. I want to pray with you. The Bible gives us instructions on that. I want you to come see me. I want to pray with you this morning. That you would be right with God and that you know you're right with God. So I'm going to pray. I want you to come find a place up here if, if you want to come kneel down for a few minutes and pray. Or if you want to come talk to me, I want to pray with you. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for your spirit and that you were in this place, God. I pray right now, Lord, that by the power of the Holy Spirit, Lord, you would deal with us. I know your spirit of conviction has already been dealing with us. It's already been dealing with our spirits of areas that we have compromised in or doors that are trying to be opened that we need to seal. Holy Spirit, have your way in our lives today. Have your way in our lives today. Guys, if you want to come pray, please just jump up and come pray. God, we need you. We need you, Father. Jesus. Set us free from the things that are trying to pull us back so bad. Set us free from the things that are trying to turn us away from you. Because we know it's all a setup. And all it's going to do is it's going to destroy us in the end. Lord, we want to walk upright with you. We want to walk righteous in your eyes. We want to be holy before you, Lord. But we can't do these things if we're allowing other things to get in our life to control us and to influence because... There's, there's only one God in our life, and it has to be you. It has to be you. Guys, we, God, we set our eyes upon you today. 
we set our eyes upon you. We focus on you, God. Keep our eyes just firmly fixed upon you, upon your promises, upon your purpose, upon your word. Let our spirits be quick to jump when something happens in our life. Do not allow our hearts to be hardened, Father. Do not allow our hearts to be hardened. Let us feel your presence and feel the, the conviction of the Holy Spirit with the things that we've done. Lord, as you see these, these people at the altar today, Lord, Lord, they're just saying they want to know more about you. They want to be closer to you. They want to be more like Jesus. Break whatever it is, God. Whatever it is, we just break it right now, and we pray for them in the name of Jesus that you would completely set them free in this area. Completely set them free in this area. Mm. We will not compromise. We will not compromise. We will not allow the things of the world to enter in and affect us. They pull us away from you, God, to change our direction. We will not be influenced by the ways of the enemy. We will not allow him to stop us. Jesus. Father, we thank you. Let your wind blow in this place today. Sound of heaven's song, your spirit's calling me. I know it's time to go, but I can't stay here anymore. I can't stay here anymore. Stay where I am. Jesus. Yes, Father. Guys, listen. Don't let the enemy distract you. Have you figured out God is doing something interesting right now? You know, I was thinking about that the other day, looking back on, on what he's had me preaching over the last couple months. And, and most of it really does deal with us getting us ready to step into his presence, to, to walk into the Holy of Holies. It's been dealing with issues in our life, keeping our focus where it needs to be, fighting the battles that we're dealing with. It, but it's here, holiness, righteousness. It's dealing with the things in our lives so that we can enter in. I think he's preparing his bride. If it's for his return or if it's to go out and wage war on, on the, the enemy out there, whatever it is, the, the bride has to be ready to go do that, amen? Bride's got to be ready, guys. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you. Hallelujah. Lord, you are so awesome. You are so worthy. You are so worthy, God. You are so worthy. Mm. So he come to church to be happy today. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Mm. Mm. Man, it's so good to be in the house of God. You're so awesome, God.
Listen, go home and read Joshua. Go home and read it. See what God shows you in there. I know he's been showing me a lot of things in there. He's been showing me a lot in there. Be praying for the church. Not just us, but the church. The enemy is attacking. I, I've been feeling them pretty consistently. There's a lot of witchcraft going on out there right now. A lot of witchcraft going on right now. So pray, pray for the spiritual leaders. Pray for our, our body. Pray for, for all of us because the enemy is out there to steal, kill, and destroy. I, there's almost not a night that goes by anymore that I don't sense something going on and get woke up in the middle of the night and have to pray about it. The enemy is out there. But the church is growing stronger. <laughs> Best way to learn how to fight is to jump in. Is that right? Get thrown in at the deep end, buddy. You can learn how to swim. I broke my fear of sharks when I got tossed in the middle of Pensacola Bay and I had a mile each way. <laughs> I was in search and rescue school. We swam all the time. Swimming a mile wasn't an issue. We, we swam miles all the time. Guys, listen. I love you. I'm praying for you. You're going to win. Just keep your eyes and do not let compromise enter in. Find those areas and start marking them off the list. Block those people. That that's all they want to do is try to get you to do something else. Do it. Amen. So listen, we're going to have a water baptism coming up here in the next few weeks. So if you want to get water baptized, come see me. We'll get you on the list. Uh, we're going to have, wait, it's going to be warm. Generally, it's warm water. I got baptized outside in the wintertime, and it was, pastor said he wanted us to feel death as we stood there in the pool while we were waiting on him. He said, I want you to feel death. I'm like, you're cruel. That's what you are. <laughs> but we loved every minute of it. But we're going to have a water baptism coming up, so if you want to be water baptized. But listen, guys, if you want to go, sign up out there today. Sign up out there today. And if you want to be a part of the classes, do that. There will be no Monday night Bible study online because we're preparing for the classes coming up. Amen? Oh, come on. All right. Um, I feel the Lord's been challenging me with something, and I just feel like I need to share with everybody. Uh, you know, Pastor talked about compromise today. The Lord's telling me, you know, when we first became believers, when we first got saved, we were seeking Him with such a passion. And when we get to a certain point where it's not as passionate, there's not as much drive to seek God, is that not a compromise? You know, are we not compromising our pursuit of God? Because we get comfortable, well, you know, we're close enough, you know. But I really feel like for me, and that's something that God's challenging me with, is that whenever I start pulling back and not, you know, driving to know Him more, because we'll never know all of God, that I'm compromising in my walk with God. That I'm compromising by, you know, us backing off and thinking I got enough of it or I know enough. And I just feel like, you know, that's something that I'm, I'm dealing with. And I felt like you wanted me to share that. I may speak to somebody. Thank y'all. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. So listen, make sure you sign up. We have the offering trays out there. We have all of that stuff out there for you. You can give online. You can do that. Don't forget Right Now Media. If you don't have access to Right Now Media and you want it, it's free. I'll give you all I need is your email address to do that. And you can get in there. Can I tell you, we've got sporadic Bible studies popping up around the church right now. And all they're doing is going into Right Now Media, 
grabbing one of the Bible studies. A couple families get together, they watch a video, and they sit there and talk about it. Yeah, and, and it's free. We can give it to you, not a problem, and you can just watch it and learn, and, and that's how we're going to grow spiritually, guys. Amen? Listen, let me bless you this morning. Stand up with me. Father, I thank you for what you've done in this place, what you're doing, what you're going to do. We give you all praise and glory and honor always, God. I pray that you would help every one of us to be more like Jesus. But as we go out here today, Lord, give us mission fields, of people that we can share our testimony with and the love of Christ. Lord, I pray protection over our family from this virus in the name of Jesus. I pray right now that the blood would cover every one of us and we would be strong and healthy in the name of Jesus Christ. I rebuke this virus and the attacks on our body in Jesus' name. And your word says that everything we put our hands on will be blessed and be prosperous and every door we go through. So Lord, I bless them to be prosperous, healthy, and wise in the name of Jesus Christ. If you agree with that, say amen this morning. Amen. Love you guys. Love you. Go out there and change the world. Amen.